1: hello husker fans welcome to episode 198 of the husker football fan podcast i'm mike harvat
2: and i'm justin swanson
1: in today's episode we're joined by attorney and friend of the program ryan wilkins we react to the big 10 postponing the football season to spring of 2021 and the
2: soap opera drama surrounding that decision you can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching husker football fan podcast on facebook You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at Huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com.
1: Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who is? Hit up Monty at
2: 402 770 3356. Well, we're excited to have Ryan Wilkins back on the show. Ryan is a uh, a friend, and he's also an attorney, and there were a lot of legal experts on Twitter this week. You know, they're always are, everybody thinks they're an expert, but lots of legal analysis. Feinbaum had some great, I think he said, because of contracts was his legal analysis. Um, So anyway, Ryan, welcome back to the show. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what a
1: week. Turn it all down. We're leaving the Big 10 Woohoo Because <laughs> that's what Scott Frost said. That's what Scott Frost said. He said, we're going to quit. We, we're done, right? That's what he said. We're going to take our football and go home. Yeah, you know, I didn't
0: specifically hear that. Yeah. <laughs> outside of the headlines. Wait, he
1: didn't? He didn't say that because the tweet said he did.
0: No, I, th- I think I heard a football coach who said we'd really like to find a way to play football. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that the
1: Ohio
2: State coach? <laughs> hey yeah. Man, I – so just to just – I've lost track of even the timeline because it's been so emotional. It's been a really emotionally intense week. But mm-hmm. bottom line, the season feels like it's on the brink. It was, is, was. And Frost's – in a planned press conference says we want to play football. He says we want to play football. Whether And I think he says to so the effect of that means we have to play teams that are not in the Big Ten. We do that, but we don't – you know, we'd rather play – Teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. And people just jump down his and our throats in a way that I just it was really personal, I felt.
0: For me looking back, one thing that's especially unfair and, and often overlooked is at the time he held the press conference on Monday, there was a Big Ten schedule that had been released, and that and, and that the plan was, other than Twitter unreported, unverified, stuff going wrong there was no reason to believe when he talked on Monday that there was anything other than a Big Ten schedule going forward. And so you you have a guy, you know, and and you start to hear whispers that maybe there won't be. And he holds a press conference to say, I really hope we play.
1: And it's also within what, like four days of them publishing that schedule. Like we're, we're talking about less than a week. Then they published a brand new conference only schedule. I mean, that's what our podcast was about last week. Justin and I walked through week by week, what the fall was going to be based on the new information provided by the big 10. Right. Uh, and then, you know, b- before anything changed, suddenly everybody hates Nebraska.
2: Yeah. So next thing you know, where we should just get kicked out, um, you just have a lot of ad hominem, like personal attacks, like just your stupid kind of comments, which is just not helpful. Like reasonable people can disagree. It's a pandemic. Everybody on an individual level, like every individual and every family unit has to make choices for themselves. Every player has to make their choices, a program, you know, a conference, the NCAA people disagree on those things, but just because you disagree doesn't mean you're an idiot. Um, so that was that just really bothered me so yeah. personal and mean
0: and also we're all working with uncertainty and we're all working am, among uh, 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 in times that are unprecedented where there is no consensus like let's not forget that there are power five conferences that as we speak are planning to play a full schedule you know or something like a full schedule so yeah just the the thought of uh, you know uh, of trouncing on a, a competitor who's a lifelong competitor who's now competing in yeah, as our head coach and to bash it for it is pretty rough. And I think it, it also can't be said enough. The fact that, um, you know, we, the big 10 canceled sports in March, you know, that was, that was five months ago. And the thought that, uh, you know, we, we'd go in the span of five days from releasing a schedule to canceling with, 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 with truly no explanation as to what happened in between in those six days after the better part of what five months to figure it out like i i'm not doubting that this is tough stuff logistically but it kind of seems like i mean it's been said that nothing changed between wednesday of last week and and the following tuesday uh but my goodness it it, it seems pretty unported it seems like a pretty bad uh plan and it it really seems like the big 10 commissioner uh, was just kind of flying by the seat of his pants
2: yeah I- that's an excellent point. I, you, you think about uh, chaos management, I mean, uncertainty. One of, one of the pillars, and I know where I work, leadership has been communicating weekly. Like there's just been regular communication. It's not always been, we have a specific plan for every eventuality. It's more like, hey guys, hope you're doing well. We're, we're trying to figure things out. Here's kind of what we're thinking right now. Um, and so we just had nothing. For five months, right? Nothing. And then all of a sudden you get a schedule. So you think, oh, okay. Well, I, you, we understand this is all fragile. Um, and who knows what's going to happen. But nobody expects that so quickly of them to turn around and be like, that thing that we just put out, we're we're not doing that thing. Um, right. It
1: starts to sound like a soap opera eventually. All these twists and turns, lovers spurned, all kinds of craziness.
2: <laughs> he said, she said, he said... You know, back on, the, back on the insults, like, I can't get over how many people wanted to point out the fact that Nebraska's been bad since we joined the Big Ten. Like, what does that have to do with anything? We're talking about playing football. We're not talking about our records. We know. <laughs> we suck. <laughs> we suck. Um, but it is, gosh, it's just so interesting to think if uh, if this happened and we were at, like, 90s level in Nebraska, like, how do people re- – it just – I don't know. It just galls me. And then I think Iowegians give us grief. People in the Big Ten give us well, grief for thinking dude, back to the 90s. And it's like – That's the well, hardest
1: part of all this is we – like, on Monday, suddenly we were besties with Iowa, Right. Like yeah. uh, there, there was this like I mean this kinship that we felt. Like we're the two holdouts. We're the two teams that want to play football still. And then they all shut up once everybody turned on Nebraska. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but like suddenly they joined on the dog pile as soon as they saw what oh, yeah. direction the wind was blowing. I that's the thing backed, I didn't like.
0: through the brick wall. Yeah. So.
2: I mean, I just think that this is something that when going just back through the last number of years of Twitter interactions is like we get teased and prodded by Iowa for longing for the 90s. Like the, the thing is like we, we, we dominated this sport for a long time and people listen to us. So like when people are mocking us now, like it sucks more because we know like what it's like to be the Ohio State now where when they're like, oh, Ohio State thinks we should try and play. Oh, well, that's different. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen that. So anyway, before before the whole postponement fact came to be, and we're we're trying to figure out what does it look like to play a game, outside play any games outside the conference. You know, there's this big question of, um, you know, can they kick it? Like, what does it take to play a game, and is that is that going to be a big problem legally? And Ryan, you had an interesting tweet, well, a thread actually earlier this week where you were looking at some of some of these contracts. And uh, so what was kind of your take on, on what it, what they might be able to do to us or not be able to do to us? Like, could we play in your opinion at that moment in time?
0: Oh, I mean, so there's no question we can play. I mean, that we, we could play, we could play two Saturdays from now if we, if we wanted to play Uh, the question is what consequences could we, we face for it? Uh, So, I mean, the thing that was really bugging me is once once there started to be talk of okay Nebraska can't play as a member of the Big Ten and that that could mean actually a couple different things in my mind like in, in my mind it could mean like hey Nebraska could play this season independently like Notre Dame plays like I actually feel like all along the way for clicks or whatever I feel like people were kind of running a little maybe two steps further than most people were actually saying. I never heard Kevin Warren said say that we're going to try to kick the big you know Nebraska to the Big 10 if they play football. I heard him say if they're playing it's not as a member of the conference, which it might sound like a, a nuance but if if the Big 10 conference is not playing and Nebraska is, then we're not playing as a member of the conference this season. And that doesn't necessarily mean we couldn't line up a game with Notre Dame or South Dakota or Wyoming or or who have you. But the thing that was really bugging me was as, as the, after that comment came out, there was more and more talk of, and I think a lot of this is on the World Herald, honestly, just running with, well, what does that look like? Will we go back to the Big 12? Uh, mm. our, you know, Kevin Warren is going to kick Nebraska out of the Big 10. And as a former regent or student regent and as an attorney, I, I know I just had a, at least a little bit more background on, on the complexities of that. And the, the reality is Kevin Warren uh, doesn't have any say whatsoever in Nebraska in whether Nebraska is a part of the Big Ten. To kick Nebraska out of the Big Ten, 10 of the 14 uh, top leaders of the 14 Big Ten schools, chancellor or president, would have to, to, to set for discussion the issue and vote to kick Nebraska out. Uh, Kevin Warren doesn't actually even, he's not even in the room where it happens. (laughs) He he probably gets to make a recommendation. uh, But I felt like a lot of what was being said was Kevin Warren or the big 10 commissioner said he was going to kick out Nebraska. And a, I think that's absurd and B absurd or not. uh, I don't think he could do it. Uh, It would, I mean, to this day, if five members of the Big Ten decide that they're playing football, like Kevin Warren be damned, then then there's no chance that the conference can do anything because by the conference rules, uh, it requires 10 out of 14 members to take any formal action against a fellow member hmm. or, or 70%. Uh, and to get 70%, you need 10, uh, you know, 10 people to make that call.
1: So Ryan, what I'm hearing you describe to me, it reminds me of like, summer league baseball teams where they're not affiliated with the school but they it's it's still that same team they have a different name they have different sponsors everything is completely separate but that team is playing outside of their usual scope i mean is that basically what you're describing if nebraska were to uh play
0: ball this fall and, and to be clear, we'd still be playing as Nebraska. We just wouldn't be playing because the Big Ten canceled its season. We wouldn't be playing as a Big Ten member. And that's obvious enough. I mean, uh, but, but the, the bottom line is to, to take any action to, to hurt Nebraska in the Big Ten, you would have to have 10 university presidents. And, and this is way outside of even athletics. You're talking the president of the university. You're talking Ted Carter level at Nebraska who would have to say, yeah, because Scott Frost – uh, had the nerve to you know say they wanted to play football and the administration stuck with him that we're going to kick him out of the Big Ten and keep in mind this is the Big Ten that didn't kick out Penn State for Sandusky mm-hmm. that didn't kick out Michigan State for Nasser. We're mm-hmm. to kick out Nebraska for playing football I don't I don't see it I don't I don't think it was ever a realistic threat and to be fair I don't think Kevin Warren said that you don't I think re- it was a threat I, I, think, I think he was purposely, pr- purposefully vague, but Kevin Warren knows this better than I do that he doesn't have the authority to kick out Nebraska. Like so, until, until you have 10 university administrators who, who stand up and say that we're going to kick out any team that tries to play football this year, to me it's a, a hollow threat.
2: So I think part of the problem is because folks talking about this situation, I think have merged like TV rights issues with Big Ten membership issues. Those are two different issues. Now, the TV rights issue, that's a little stickier, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that information's even out there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't either, but it's my basic understanding that all teams agree by contract that to, to pool, um, you know, not only the money that comes in, but the, the deals that are made. So so if, if Nebraska – let's just say that in two weeks CBS offered Nebraska – you know $12 million to play Notre Dame or something like that uh it's my understanding that that money automatically goes into a Big Ten pot that split 14 ways even if we're the only school that's playing and we could not ignore that and be in good standing in the Big Ten I don't think I don't think but that we get to just I, I I just don't think we get to do it I I know that I'll understand the counterpoint like well the Big Ten's not playing but like we are a standing member of the Big Ten Conference, and the fact that other teams are not bringing in, re- in revenue and we might doesn't change any of the contracts that are in play right now, I don't think. But, like, splitting money 14 ways is better than no money coming well, in. Oh yeah.
2: I mean, that's what I'm thinking is, like, we're not going to – nobody's going to get anything,
0: right? And, I mean, and if, like, if this is really just about playing, then, that's, then we can do that.
2: Yeah, I actually – so I went to college in Chicago, and that was when we were in the Big 12. And we didn't, so we didn't obviously have the Big Ten network. So I listen to a lot of games on the on the radio via the internet, mind you. But uh, it is possible for Nebraska to play and fans to follow the game without watching it on television. And we could do that, is what you're saying, Ryan?
0: Oh yeah, we can do that. And not only can we do that, like we we can be on TV. It's just that we'll have to share money. But like, there's no way, like nothing in in any Big Ten contract or any agreement that we've entered into would say that we can't be on television and everybody's, you know, or at least a lot of games have been canceled. Like there definitely would be, whether it's ESPN, Fox, uh, CBS, there would be people lining up to actually have content this fall. You know, it'd be at quite the premium. Like you could just imagine that, you know, the way we're all starved for, for sports, you know, having a Nebraska Notre Dame game or something like that, another independent team, Line up and play in a few weeks like that. That's all actually pretty possible. Uh, it's just that, and it would be on TV, we would just have to share the money with the other Big Ten member schools.
2: So, so to move this conversation a little bit forward in time. Um, so within, I don't know, 36, 48 hours of the blowback that Nebraska received, Kevin Warren made a comment that, well, they can't play within the as a Big Ten member. And then later it was revealed like, well, the reason they can't play is because we have not canceled the season. We've postponed it to, to the spring. And so yeah. that, that creates a whole different set of legal issues. It's, if, the game, if the season's canceled, you know, we can do whatever heck we want, right? We're totally off the hook. But if the season's postponed, then you have 10 games scheduled, um, and it might be problematic to then go ahead and play a slate of 10 to 12 games in the fall and then play again in the spring Like, that might be a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that's totally fair, and I totally agree with that. I think it's kind of a, a bogus, you know, yeah. a copy point because I don't think there's a single factor that we're looking at in terms of public health today that will be materially better in a few months. Uh, I think that if you look at every flu graph in the last 20 years uh, and with people going back to school, I think we should only expect it to get worse in the next few months. Uh, So I, the the whole thought of getting back together and and things being much better, much safer in January, February, March is pretty absurd to me. Uh, So, but, but, but technically and actually um, that is a real, that is a real issue and a fair point. I think I, again, I I think it's a cop out just because I don't think anybody's going to play spring ball. So to hold over us as like the reason we can't play fall ball seems um, disingenuous to me, but you're, you're right. Like, so we could play. We could play this fall. We still could play in all of our own games. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that the Big Ten would actually kick out Nebraska, that, that there would be that sort of super majority-type consensus to kick us out. But then the, the hook is we have to be ready, and it'd have to be in the best interest of player safety to play again in the spring. Um, and that's something that I don't think – I mean, I think Bill Moose said something to that effect, and I'm I would not question – him on that. I, I don't think there's any way we could finish a season and plan our own fall season and then start a Big Ten slate possibly in, you know right afterward. Yeah, so
2: cynically with the spring game, spring, spring season idea, I feel like potentially that is his way of keeping leverage over us. I mean, just to think about it really cynically, like, well, they say they want to play, so we'll say, well, there's a spring season. So, yeah, now you really can. I don't know if that's a little too conspiratorial, but the, the thought crossed my mind.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, nothing in the health, public health situation is going to change by the first months of 2021. The only question is, will something in the, the legal situation change in terms of, um, you know, whether, whether the NCA will allow players to sign – uh, you know, assumption of risk type contract saying that they won't sue for playing, that kind of stuff. It's possible that that sort of thing could be sorted out in a couple months, but we shouldn't pretend like it's going to be about public health because nothing about this is going to be better in a few in a few months.
2: Do you guys think this was a public health decision?
0: Oof.
1: <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, personally, my my sense is that it was a – legal decision. They, they didn't want to deal with all of the fallout potentially of playing this fall. Um, and then also, I mean, yeah, you guys have probably heard about the whole, I mean, if we're talking about conspiracy theories, a lot of folks are saying once the once the players started talking about unionizing, that's when they decided to shut everything down. I mean, what's your take on that?
0: Man, I, I, I don't have any insider understanding of that. Um, I do think It's a combination of public health, public relations, and logistical. Uh, On the logistical side, like I'm a huge Cardinals fan, and the Major League Baseball season kicked off 22 days ago. And until today, the Cardinals have played five games. Uh, Because the logistical issue is what happens when a player tests positive.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: That person can't play. You're you're technically and medically supposed to quarantine anybody who is in contact with that person, which – I mean, there are all sorts of logistical issues. I mean, the Cardinals are a professional baseball team that have you know, people getting paid and everything to lose by not playing. And they were off for the better part of three weeks because of player positives and connection to them. So I, I just think it's really tough. What, what happens if Adrian Martinez tests positive and then he's out and then what combination of other players is out? It's a logistical mess. And uh, And as far as public relations, I mean, the first time that you have a player – I mean, God forbid, a player death, uh, but a, a serious player issue um, or a relative of a player um, death, I mean, it, that's traceable to a football game. That's that's a mess that I don't think anybody is prepared for right now.
1: That's a really good point. Um, and speaking to that logistical side of things, uh, it does make me think of, you know, just the reality is, is um, I don't know what it looks like for the rest of the country, but I know that here in Nebraska, the standard – isolation period for anybody who tests positive is 10 days so if you have a player test positive they're they're out at least for the next week and then anybody that they've been in contact with is supposed to they're supposed to quarantine for two weeks Mm -hmm. so you could have a team wiped out for potentially a month or two uh, just from it going through the program so i mean that that is a very good point
2: yeah, I, I do yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought some of those things up, Ryan, because I think as as much as we're spending some time here being disappointed about the decision making uh process in the last week and a half and the blowback that the team and the state and the coach received, I don't think we at any point want to under undervalue the, the, the pandemic. Um but I do feel like that schedule that they put out was built with some thought given to some of the possibilities that we're talking about and when Mike and I talked a week ago about that new schedule we talked about how much we disliked having the Rutgers game as game number one uh, as that's like a hot spot in the country right now and that particular team has had some major issues Uh, but the reality is the odds are a team it's going to move through a team pretty quick and so you yeah maybe you lose a month but then I mean don't you feel like a lot of the guys are going to be back on the up and up, but yeah, I start to feel a little squeamish as I'm talking about, as I'm talking Mm -hmm. about kids' health here right now. Yep. (laughs) That makes me feel a little bit different. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is we love football. We want to see football, but I think I can speak for all three of us. We're reasonable people who value human life over football.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of the many hard things with this and with the unprecedented nature of it is, you, you're, you start talking about trade-offs or comparisons that, you know, that, that don't seem fair or possible. Like, I mean, I, I've wondered all along, I can, look, I, I'm, I'm, all for, I'm all for safety. Like, these are amateur athletes who, by NCA rule, can't be paid a dime for almost anything they do, um, you know, and, and there is something uncomfortable about saying get out there and play or even let them get out there and play for my entertainment, you know, and put them and those connected to them at risk. I think it's also fair to ask, you know, if uh, if these players are in the program and have great, uh, you know, medical help and testing protocols to be tested twice a week, are I think it's a fair point that that Frost asks: uh, How are these guys any safer outside the program? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or for Quiet. that matter, how how are things any safer to have in-person classes in uh, or or students in the union at UNL like they will be in a week or two? Um, you know, when when players can't be tested twice a week and play on the field, I I think those are really fair questions and um, in in a, in a sense pretty absurd different. I mean, we're going to have we're going to have students showing up to campus in Harper, Sherry, and Smith that are sharing a dorm. You oh, know, they
2: you know they already are. I, I live here and work in Lincoln, close to downtown, okay. and I run up and down 16th and 17th. I just went around the the UNL track um, yesterday. It's it's open again and. Uh, you know, the fraternities and sororities, people are moving in. Uh, one of my colleagues' daughters just moved into one of the dorms. I mean, they're in there. So, uh, to your point, I mean, I mean, those students aren't necessarily tackling each other, but, you know, (laughs) maybe they are. Um, (laughs) it's, uh, they're out there. Ryan, I want to go back to something you you said earlier about how, like, public health issue, there won't be a lot of changes in the public health front between now and the spring. I mean, you could, you could have a vaccine you know you could have some advancements in testing um in turnaround times and in i mean does that not what do you think about that
0: um well i'm I'm not super optimistic about on the vaccine front from everything i hear it's still best case scenario you know late this year, early next year, and then ramping up and deploying it and having it being, you know, why I, I, I even, I saw a stat recently. It said something like half of Americans wouldn't even get the vaccine. Yeah. I've heard that immediately. Um, so, yeah. And, but there is something to be said on the testing front. Um, but still like all a test tells you is that you don't have it right now. It doesn't tell you whether you've been exposed to it in the last couple of days or whether you'll develop symptoms in the next few days. Um, I've had people who tested, I've known people who tested negative and then tested positive within days later because of the same exposure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible, but unless and until you have it available enough and cheap enough that somebody can, can literally take it like almost every day or quickly every time that they've had any possible exposure. Um, I I just don't think it's going to be that much, that, that much different, unfortunately. I I feel like like, I would love to find out I'm wrong. I I, I don't know.
2: Sure. I mean, you're, you're a lawyer, you're risk adverse. We understand. (laughs) (laughs) It's the way, it's the way we're wired. Right. Um, So I feel like it might be helpful to like make a list of the things that we're like legitimately upset about and the things that we're like, okay, that's understandable. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like on one hand, like it's understandable that the big 10 is really unsure about how to proceed I think it's not understandable that they have, from a PR perspective, that they have not been open with their constituency, whether that's players, coaches, parents, fans. Um, I think it's, it's not okay that when Nebraska stated its desire to play that there was a national blowback that was really primal and pathetic. Um, but I think it is okay that people are concerned about player safety.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think that, uh, you, you would hope that over the course of five months there would be some communication or objective metric by which, uh, a school, you know, a powerhouse like the big 10 would say, here's what it will take for us to play football. And if we achieve that, then we will play. Um, or, and if we don't, then we won't. And if that's, you know, if that's caseloads or if that's, uh, you know, whatever it is, I, I think that all would have been pretty understandable. But as far as I can tell from the parents who are speaking out, uh, the closest the Big Ten came to saying, hey, we require A, B, and C, and then we'll play, they achieved that. And that was really just like a commitment within the programs on a program by program basis to test, to isolate, Uh, to generally treat seriously the the public health threat. And they all did that. And I think that's what you hear a lot of the parents feeling wounded about is just, you told us, here's what has to happen for us to play. We did it. You know, you look at Harbaugh's statement about the, you know, the commitment in in the Michigan program, you hear Frost's statement that almost all of our positive tests came from outside the program coming in rather than spreading within the program. Uh, And you say like, well, you know, in, in five months, like all, all we ever saw was vague and moving goalposts. And what, what 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 did it ever require to play, and and why were we trying?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing for me is these these athletes have worked their butts off all summer to get to this point, and then right before it's about to start for them, they get the rug pulled out from under them. Like, I can see a lot of a lot of young people. Kind of saying, then wh- why did I even try? You know, and and like who knows how people are going to react to that, and and uh, hopefully they'll all remain responsible through the fall, so that they can play this spring if there is a game, you know, a season in the spring. But but yeah, I mean, if I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a player who did everything right for the last five months to then find out, ah, sorry,
2: nothing. Well, and and it's a particular of particular pain to look across the country and see three other major conferences still planning to play.
1: Mm-hmm. So then I
2: start to wonder, like, the, the pros and cons of canceling now versus holding out. I mean, it's painful to have your season taken away right now. But for the Big 12, if I just don't know how they're going to play. And so maybe it's going to be more painful for them when they go through fall camp and or they start fall camp and and there's an outbreak and the big 12 cancels like, so you know, as much as this stinks right now, maybe we've been spared some agony. Yeah. <laughs>
1: maybe in a month we're looking back at this conversation and being like, maybe we should delete it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And one thing I will say that I've thought about the last couple of days is how fragile the system is. And I mean, NCAA level and Big Ten level. I mean, in a way, they're not that different from uh, Netflix a few years ago when they didn't have any original content and they were at the mercy of the actual content providers, uh, be, you know, and then they started making their own content. But like, we are literally the content. The Big Ten is nothing but a group of teams that decide that they're going to play as the Big Ten. The NCAA is nothing other than a group of schools and conferences that decide they're going to be governed by the NCAA. But ultimately, you know the you can't just go it alone we can't just be nebraska walking you know toward the the fruit flying at us but like if you see an ohio state or if you see two or three big 10 teams uh, the only reason that the system works is because we all agree that the system works but if you get a couple people uh whether it's at the 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 university level or there's a critical mass among the players that that wins over a public sentiment you start getting politicians involved it it, it, it could all fold very quickly. If Ohio State says tomorrow that they're playing, I guarantee you that nobody in the Big Ten is going to say anything about it. They're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna watch excitedly, and then mm-hmm. Nebraska will play too, and then three other teams will jump on the bandwagon, and they'll be playing, and they'll be doing their best to be safe and smart, like they were always going to. But Kevin Warren, he he sits on a house of cards. Uh, he, he he I don't I don't envy his position because he I do think he's probably trying his best. To mediate complex public health, public relations, sports issues, and and when there's no playbook, there's literally no playbook. But his say goes only to the extent that his member schools say it goes, and it's it's unfortunate that Nebraska, whether we're gutsy enough or stupid enough, uh, has you know taken vocal positions towards playing and or i i again i can't underscore enough that at the time that frost said what he said we still had a schedule that was intact um so it's i i just think it's really unfair uh to to throw stones at him for that but if if a couple schools decide they're playing then nobody is going to do anything about it period
2: you know i think one of the factors that we're not talking about here part of the reason nebraska wants to play so bad is we have had such a string of bad seasons and um it's been a rough five six seven years and uh frost has been building towards a big 10 caliber offensive and defensive line uh for a few years now and you know we're probably not going to win the big 10 this year but you know this team's on the up and up and i think man if if we were a little bit, I don't know, maybe if we were a lot better, this would be just as hard because when, you know, you look at the volleyball team and they could potentially win a national championship. So if they lose their season altogether, maybe that's more painful. But um, I think a lot of us are just like the, kind of the subconscious issue is like, man, we just, we really want to prove something uh, eager to have that opportunity.
0: We're also still a young team that you feel like, you know, has, has a lot of growth to, to happen. You know, it's, I mean, I'm sure every team feels that they have some blend of, capability and you um, but man I mean it, maybe we're just the uh, the the gamblers that keep on like rolling the dice and saying this year was going to be the year <laughs> but um, but man I, I I share the sentiment it, it can't be said enough just whether what, whatever side of the equation you're on as, as to whether we should play or shouldn't play it is a darn shame that we're in this situation like we all just need to be able to say like this is painful you know, like the, the loss of sports are, you know, our kids being able to or possibly not being able to be in school and in daycare. It's awful and it's painful. And it, I hate that we're having to deal with it. it. In my view, it didn't didn't really have to be this way. But here right. we are.
2: Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point. At the end of the day. This was not something anybody wanted.
0: Yeah, I don't want to tick off any of your listeners, but this seems like as good a time of any to remind everyone that Spain, France, Italy, and Germany combined for seven deaths today, and the United States had more than 1,000 for the third week uh, straight, so we put ourselves here. And Mike, if you want to cut that out, I understand.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm i on board with you. I'm, yeah. <laughs> happy, to, happy to have the guest say it. Mm-hmm.
2: Mike and I were talking. I'm, um, I'm
1: also happy to support the guest as he says it. The, the, it's going to make the cut because I agree with it. So.
2: No, it's true. <laughs> not, I thought
1: I would edit it out. <laughs> now that makes it sound like I'm editing people out when we interview them if they say something I disagree with.
2: <laughs> Have you seen that that uh, meme going around where it's like the guy with the gun and it says people not wearing masks for six months and then there's a guy dead? And then the yeah. guy with the gun turns around. He's like, why did the media cancel the football season? Mm-hmm.
1: Who killed
0: Hannibal? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was, yeah. we're all dealing with the same virus, but uh, among wealthy, among advanced nations, our failure is unique and profound. We should talk just briefly about, I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting issue because people keep on saying, well, it's the attorneys, you know, it's, it's the attorneys, it's the legal liability. And, and, and there's something, you know, I don't want to completely discount that because there's no question that there's a risk presented by, um, you know, the possibility that somebody in a program, especially an amateur athlete gets sick or spread something to somebody who's sick. But there are some real problems with any sort of case premised on that. The first is assumption of risk. You know, like we all get the risk posed by COVID-19. Like you'd have to be, uh, you know, you'd have to have just woken up yesterday to not understand basic things about um, you know what the virus is and there's just a basic legal doctrine that if, if if you understand it and you're capable of understanding it and you choose to participate anyhow then you can't then sue uh, for risks that were inherent and known when you played in the first place um, and again i don't i actually don't want i'm not really comfortable pinning this on athletes but to the extent that we have consenting age people like 18 and older who want to play. Uh, I don't understand how people, people are not talking more about assumption of risk. Hmm. I mean, it's the same thing as if I, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of a, uh, an example that's not, I'm
1: thinking of a terrible one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Being pregnant and getting on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, um, Gosh, I mean, how about here's an easy one skiing, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not very common, mm-hmm. but uh, let's just ballpark it and say one out of every 10,000 people who skis has a, a catastrophic injury skiing. Uh, so if somebody gets on a mountain and skis and has a catastrophic injury, they, they don't, they don't win in lawsuits against uh, the resort. It's because there are inherent understood things that when your body's moving very quickly on an icy surface and you get hurt, uh, you don't get to, you don't get money. I mean, in a way it's not that different from actual college football, you know, from time to time, a a promising athlete has a very serious career ending injury and they don't sue and win against the university for playing in the game. Um, I don't really understand how anything about this is different. Hmm. I I don't think you need to have an intricate contract or throw, throw one over on a, a college kid. I think that these college kids understand that they could catch COVID-19 and they could catch it almost anywhere, including a football field. And to me, it's uh, almost absurd the thought that somebody would catch COVID-19, get sick and sue and prevail in a lawsuit against their university. It's, Hmm. it's uh, very hard to understand how that could possibly be. And also with the virus running as rampant as it is in the United States, how would you even trace it to the team? I guess it's one thing if there's, you know, all of a sudden 40 infected athletes one day, and it seems, reasonably likely that they contracted it at on practice or something. But right now you can get it at a, at a IHOP or in your dorm or in your English class or on the football field. And the plaintiff in any case would have bear the burden of establishing uh, that they, that there was a duty that was breached and they, they contracted and were damaged by the uh, contraction of the virus in the sport. And I, I just don't see any of that happening. Mm-hmm. Excellent point. I think this this will seem like too harsh, but like I think sometimes even smart people, when they're in a complicated situation, they just sort of punt and throw out generalities like legal liability or something like that. But it, if, if you really think through it and think through the nuts and bolts of a lawsuit and what it requires, it's, it's almost impossible for me to imagine any football player – suing and winning against their university because they got COVID-19 playing football. Hmm. And I spent I spent years litigating, you know, personal injury and premises like negligence cases in Nebraska. Yeah. I just don't see it.
1: Kind of taking a step back from this whole conversation. I know I I spoke to this last week, but um who could have imagined that we would ever have this conversation on this podcast? Like hmm. this is just I mean, we're, we're entering the theater of the absurd here, uh, having these types of discussions on, a, on what we're supposed to be talking about. Hey, the season's going to start in two weeks, but, yeah.
0: but here we are. Yeah, when you start the podcast and Nebraska's played football every year since, what, 1884? <laughs> you, you probably think there's a pretty good chance there's going to be football to talk about by the right? summer. They've, including the year of the, uh, sp- through
2: the Spanish flu pandemic.
0: That's right. A good example. We didn't have a conference, but we had a schedule.
2: Hmm. Man, this is great though. Uh,
1: For real. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Um, I mean, like Justin might want to continue the conversation for a few more minutes here, but I I just want to say this is is, uh, really enlightening. And I think a lot of people, uh, I think this is going to help a lot of people think through this stuff, um, especially if all they've done is just, look at the internet this past week.
0: Yeah, you bet. I mean, the one thing that I'll, I'll leave you with and then I'll jump off in case you guys have more you want to talk about, but uh, I, I don't see, I, I, so I've seen today, you know, the parent movements getting some traction. I saw Sports Illustrated, Illustrated cover that and what illegal you know, foolproofing would look like. <clears throat> I I don't see Kevin Warren in the Big Ten reversing themselves on this issue, but the real wild card is if there can be enough public pressure in the States among the administrators uh, to play. I can't, I can't emphasize enough that this all the, the the ones who hold the cards are the content providers Mm -hmm. and we are the content providers. We Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan, Iowa, teams that have had coaches and administrators say we want to play and that have widespread public support for playing. I'm telling you that if, uh, we're, we're on Zoom right now. If five university presidents got on a Zoom meeting tonight and decided they were playing, they would play, and nobody could touch them, period. So if if the parents, the press, the public sentiment, the governors, whoever it is, uh, get the support for five university administrators to decide they're playing, then they're going to play. And in, in reality, that's all a moot point because if, if Ohio State or Michigan decide they're going to play, then we're going to play. hmm because the Big Ten is not going to touch them for playing football, uh, so we never we can't forget. And getting back to the fragility of the NCAA, the fragility of yeah. the conference, that might be what's at issue here in, in part. But in the end, the content reigns. The content decides what they're going to do. And if 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 a player a little bit more powerful, or if there's just a couple people willing to jump on the Frost type type bandwagon and say, you know, conference decision be darned, we're going to try to play then all bets are off. No, nobody knows what's going to, what's going to happen. And, and you know, that, I think that's what you saw in the Kevin Warren interview on Tuesday is he doesn't get it either. He's hmm. just trying to to make it and he's trying to get through it. He tried to make a call as the, the deadline approached. But um, if a, if a few teams decide they're going to play, then nobody can stop it. That said, there's, there's so much resistance to change and resist. There's so much, uh, defaulting to what you know and what you understand and what these administrators know and understand is what the, is following the Big Ten's lead. Um, right. So it takes some courage and, I, and I, courage is not even the right word because that's suggesting that there's a position that's right and a position that's wrong and I think reasonable minds can dis- disagree on what should be done this fall but the thought that Kevin Warren gets to, to have the final say is kind of silly in my mind.
2: I think that's a great spot to end this conversation. <laughs>
0: I'll jump off, guys. I was glad to talk to you. And so, if you have anything else to cover, that's great. But I'll jump off because I'm losing my voice, too.
2: All right. Thanks, Ryan. Really appreciate your time. Good night, fellas. Thanks. Take care.
0: Congrats again, Justin, on your baby.
2: Thank you, Ryan. Take care.
0: You too.
1: Thanks again to Ryan for joining us on the podcast. Um, I I said this uh, it, during our conversation. I don't know if it'll make it into the final edit, so I'll just say it here. Um, man, what a valuable contribution he made to this discussion. Um, you know, I, I think Ryan brings expertise. He brings uh, a pretty even-handed. I think I think a pretty fair way of analyzing the situation, um, for, for our listeners, you know, regardless of what your opinion is, whether we should play or not this fall. Um, I think that he did, did a good job of kind of representing both views there. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a really charitable guy, really generous of him to spend the time with us and, and, uh, talk about these things because I mean, knows a lot more than me about this stuff
2: (laughs) yeah it was helpful there at the end to hear his experience litigating um, some of the types of issues that the Big Ten is so afraid of Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that I I appreciated hearing that in particular
1: so man uh, you know not to drag the soap opera theme back into uh, our bookend here but uh, man what a week it's been You think about a soap opera, how you know sometimes uh, you know the twists and turns throughout the week. You get left with a cliffhanger on Friday, and um, I'm taking your word for it. No, I was about to say I'm speaking as somebody who grew up with a mom who's watched. Oh, I mean, okay. she's been watching as the world turned and the Bold and the Beautiful, all that stuff, since I was a child. So, like, just through you know <laughs> osmosis, I I probably know more about soap operas than I should. Um, That's funny. It even got to a point at one point where my mom started calling it our show, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> you need to change your tone, there, lady." was <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. uh, one of those things where like, I had to remember just because I know. You're about your show doesn't mean that I voluntarily choose to watch it, Mom. But anyway, I love you, Mom. I know you don't listen to podcasts, but I still want to say I love you and you're awesome. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, just think about how this week went. You got Monday. uh, We have a season. You know, there's been all kinds of craziness over the weekend, rumors about what might happen. But on Monday, everything's still intact. We got a coach who says we want to play, but he does make some remarks that I felt proud of in the moment. I was like, yeah, heck yeah, our coach is going to bat for our team, saying, hey, we want to play, yeah. and we'll explore yeah. every avenue. Um, and, you know, you, you hear a little bit about that from, from Iowa fans that day, and, you know, we're posting memes of those, you know, those two strong arms linking up, and, yeah, we're, we're best friends, and Tuesday... By Tuesday, suddenly the internet hates us. Uh, You know, the the Reddit football account on Twitter, the college football Reddit account, I, like, came close to blocking them and, you know, sending a strongly worded DM. I didn't. But, uh, you know, it's it's just the the pile-on happened,
2: right? We are a family-friendly podcast, and this is the closest I've ever felt to, like, tweeting a bad word. (laughs)
1: Oh, man, and I, I even got a little bit petty with some of my responses to people on, on Twitter this week. I probably should apologize, but um, if I offended you, I, I'm sorry, um, but you have to respect us enough to listen to the podcast to hear our apology, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then so then Tuesday, this the whole thing kind of falls apart, and we're left in limbo for a couple days, and then you know what was it on Thursday uh we kind of said all right we're going to we're going to ride with this and uh here we are.
2: Here we are. <sighs> Exhausting. And I feel like you know you and I've been checked off of social media it sounds like f- collectively for the past like 36 hours so yeah. <laughs> you know I think there's been developments I think Ohio State parents are now demanding something uh, and Ryan day has retweeted that endorsement. So uh, I think it's
1: reasonable at least from, you know, that, that Iowa parent organization that was saying like, Hey, at least give us an explanation. Like, I think that like a baseline that's reasonable for, you know, these people who a decision has been made for them that has the potential to, you know, irreversibly alter many people's lives. Like we're mm-hmm. we're talking about the future for you know who who knows how many people who are looking like, okay, there's no football this year. What am I gonna do for the rest of my life? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um but uh I I think again it is worth uh worth repeating what i said last week at the end of the day uh and even ryan says something to this effect like god forbid anything like anything happens to a student athlete like that that is the last thing that i want to see happen you know um so regardless of which schools play which schools don't um, I just hope for the best for all of these people: parents, children, families, student athletes, coaches. Uh, you know, support staff, all of those moving parts. Um, you know, let's let's uh, remember the human element in all of this, and uh, you know, hope and you know, even I would say pray for the best possible outcome this fall and even into the spring and next season.
2: Well said. I think, I think that's... I don't think there's much more to say.
1: I'll say this. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in the Lincoln area? Because Monty Rohde is your man with Pinnacle or know Realty. Someone who,
2: or know someone who
1: is? And know somebody who is looking for a real estate um, opportunity, or I don't know, to buy or sell, yeah. Um, for real, folks, Monty has been... Uh, It's been great partnering with him over the summer, and we're looking forward to here, hopefully in the next few weeks, to having him on the program, talk a little bit about real estate, but also talk about the Huskers and his fandom. It is no accident that Monty is one of our sponsors because he, uh, you know... He wants to be riding the big red wave right here with us. So uh, looking forward to having a conversation with him in the, in the coming weeks. So you can look forward to that. And uh, hear from the man himself. We've been recommending him to you. But, uh, you know, I think that it adds a personal touch when you actually hear the voice of the person that, uh, that we're uh, talking about from week to week. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So his number again, four oh two seven seven zero thirty three fifty six. And as always, you can also email him at Monty.rodi at dot That's M O N T Y period R O H D E at PRG dot com.
2: On the uh bison front, I uh I ran into Leon's gourmet grocers the other day. Oh, okay. I feel, I feel like I've been talking about it for a while. And uh just with the pandemic, we've been doing a lot of uh, order ahead, show up, they put it in your trunk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here, here's where the bison is. You go back to the meat counter in the very back. If you're looking at the meats in the, in the back left corner there, that's the uh, northeast corner. Looking back at the east wall, just turn around. And on the end cap there of the frozen section, there's a whole bison section. There's a couple different options, a couple different companies. So make sure that you find the Central Nebraska Buffalo bison, get yourself some.
1: All right. Take it on home. And, folks, let's be honest. If you were paying attention to social media this week, it's a lot better to eat bison than to try to take a selfie with one.
2: Mmm. Strong animals. (laughs) They will wreck
1: your day. Might rip your pants off. (laughs) Yeah.
2: My brother did a summer as a... uh, as a park ranger mm-hmm. at Yellowstone. So, I mean, I feel like all of us have a natural understanding that you need to be careful around large animals. But I feel like it's just really been reaffirmed. Like the voice of my <laughs> brother in my ear, like keep your distance.
1: Right. Right, man. I saw a video just tonight, right before we started recording of these, these, like, I don't know. They, they look like they were probably a little bit older than college age, but these like drunk guys on a camp out, sharing their meal with a bear <laughs> like the oh bear goodness. is sitting next to their picnic table and they're feeding it like it looked like it was just like a member of the family it was i was just like oh my gosh i it's, i can't even believe that idea. anybody would uh, go idea. along with that but uh i guess they all made it out alive so they didn't learn their lesson thankfully that day
2: yeah that's a tough way to learn the lesson <laughs> anyway Head on to Leon's Gourmet Grocers here in Lincoln <laughs> or Just Good Meats in Omaha. You can also go to cnbuffalo.com and scrolling through here. Lots of lots of options.
1: All right, folks.
2: We will
1: be back next week. Um, I know Justin and I haven't uh, announced anything official yet, but uh, we, we will remain at least in some capacity a consistent podcast this fall even if there is no nebraska football um we got some ideas folks so uh we're not going anywhere so if you haven't already hit the subscribe button um we're gonna have some fun this fall whether there's football or not all right so stick with us it'll be worth it go big red mike go big red